0: This afternoon, Sam, I'm going to be a lot more serious than usual. As am I. Complaints keep pouring in. About Uh,
1: Thursday night appetizer being too lighthearted and goofy.
0: I'm not even going to say the last word you said because it is what it describes. I would say too frivolous, perhaps. Frivolous. Lighthearted. Too much levity. Comical. I think we keep saying words that all mean something like that for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. We will defeat the purpose that we are pursuing. Of so we,
1: we have heard your complaints and we will no longer smile during Thursday Night Appetizer or make jokes about crack pipes or, you know, just smile. <laughs> you should not have said that. All right,
0: Sam, forget it. <laughs> this is life and death for people. Come on. <laughs> or... No, wait. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. Micrones
1: <laughs> or the aliens.
0: <laughs> well you know or that, the flat earth theory. Did you notice the pattern or, in that field? Or crop circles. Yeah, look at the pattern in that field. Yeah, that's definitely aliens. It says help one.
1: So we're not gonna joke about any of that stuff anymore. Or anything. Or right. jokes. Um just because this is serious stuff. Well, I believe lives are at stake. <laughs> you know, there was You're a trying to actually be serious after that. No, that that not that <laughs> that's, not my, that's not me being serious. Uh, Is that
0: open. That's not me being serious. I'm just pretending to be serious. There was a show on TV when I was a kid. Do you ever see it called M.A.S.H.?
1: You know, I don't have any friends who have ever... Criti- you, wait,
0: stop, stop there. Oh, okay. I don't have any friends. friends? Aw. Okay.
1: No, any friends who have ever criticized me about being too um, goofy. That's really? Silly. Okay. And that's because they're not my friends anymore. Let's see. So... Uh, there was a show called M.A.S.H., do you ever see the show Mash? For those of you listening, I just glared at the screen, in a veiled warning to those that call themselves my friends. He had criticized me for being too goofy.
0: Do you ever see a show <laughs> called Mash?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the Army one, right?
0: Yeah, it was yeah. set in the Korean War, uh, and it's great. I like what I liked about the show is it actually is a representation of what Pope Francis called a field hospital. Yeah, it's actually, it is a field hospital. It's a field hospital, yeah. literally. Mobile army surgical something, and they're hospital. all ju- and they're all just terrible at th- what they do.
1: No, they're not. That's
0: <laughs> the thing. No, they're not terrible at what they do. The doctors are very good doctors. Oh right, yeah, they're yeah, very yeah. cynical about what they're doing, but they care about the people. <laughs> the, the other thing is, and it makes sense. Watch to me, that actually. again.
1: It's actually it's kind of good. It's, it's kind, of kind of thing you can get like the whole. You can get the entire collection for like, oh yeah, you know, fifteen dollars or. Uh, what I was gonna say is, it's a comedy
0: besides the fact that it's actually done serious things, life and death in the middle of a war zone. I think actually, I work in long-term care, which is not like that really, but people are dying every couple of weeks and stuff. And as people I work with say, you gotta laugh, because if you don't laugh, you'd be crying. And I do think that's part of what's going on here, Sam. That is my- uh,
1: If you don't laugh, you'll be crying? Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I've been forthcoming about my struggles, more or less. Yeah. Last week I was having a, a rough day. A few people commented on that, and um, I think uh, being here and joking with you a little bit, and and not only that, but thinking about the people that we work with, that's what really helps me. Oh yeah, because then I realized, like, at least we're at least we're going through all this junk together. Good choice of word. Good word choice. Excellent. Yeah,
0: yeah no, and mm. we're going. We, and for the sake of people who, like
1: everyone, matters, but whom many people would not pay attention to yeah and this is I mean the the motto of this show is the the gospel applied to mission right mm-hmm. and mission although it's hard is also a joyful experience when the gospel is shared right you know um... uh, even though it's hard and even though there's a lot of like everybody's got stuff going on in their life that's terrible and we're all going through different things and we're all going through it together and it's not always rosy it's still joyful we can't let we can't let the devil take our joy. Well put, Sam. Um, I, I've been mentioning no, for the
0: last. I think that was well put. The last uh, six or so weeks, we had this little Bible study that I was leading back in uh, Dundalk. I'll be doing the same Bible study again here in Hanover, if anyone's interested. Mm. Uh, it's going to be called the. That's church. True, Cody. If the church is on fire, I was Cody thinking Cody wants to go. Yeah, the church yeah. is on fire. Maybe Dennis will go. Yeah, I'd be happy to have a few people. All right, and and uh, Susan, mm. Mama Sue, that's the caller. Um. So there were four of us meeting as a as a follow-up and Acts chapter two, I got this from a I listened to another podcast a couple of months ago and the guy was pointing out Oops, obviously a very important person, Sam. All right. Um the first thing that is said in the first Christian preaching that's ever written down, Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost, he says, Don't worry, we're not drunk. And so, um which is I think funny and that's what this guy was saying this this uh preachers black preacher from the u.s who's feels like we need we need to understand the humor in what we're doing um and and so this for this there were just four of us talking on monday on monday evening about like how do we how do we bring mission to our community and so this one woman i thought she said it very well she said so basically we're gonna be like stumbling around and people will probably think we're drunk something like that Mm -hmm. if we do this and i think she's right you know and i know like the thing is, people on mission like Sam or me, and many others, we've got our own serious issues. And if you think about all of the pain in our community, it can be overwhelming. The odds against the Christian mission succeeding are great. Like, it seems like nearly impossible, if not impossible, it can seem impossible. Uh, but as uh, the angel says to Mary in Luke chapter one, with God, all things all are possible. Things are possible. Yep, yeah, because she just became the mother of the Son of
1: God. Yeah, and um, I mean, the fact that we're, we're even here having this discussion is a whole long series of miracles. I agree. In a row, right? I mean.
0: Yeah, and if I may segue right into the sure. passage, because we're looking at a passage where Jesus is going to tell his disciples that they should pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. The, the sign behind Sam and me says, help, help, help? Well, wanted
1: harvest is plentiful.
0: Harvest is plentiful, something like that. Great harvest is harvest great. Is great. Yeah. yeah, same
1: similar translation.
0: So, yeah, here's the backgrounder. So, Jesus is looking at these crowds and they're who are drawn to him because of his preaching, healing, and casting out of demons. That earlier on in this chapter is Matthew chapter nine. We've been reading about the people are experiencing the divine presence and power of Jesus, and this by itself calls for a response from them. But who who do they think they're experiencing, and what are they looking for? Jesus is, uh, Matthew writes, moved with pity. His human emotions are evoked as he looks at the people. His compassion for them actually also reflects God's heart for his people, which is really for all of us. So uh, Jesus then turns to his disciples, and now these are men and women, who have left everything behind to follow Jesus, and they've gone beyond the crowds because they've actually committed themselves to Jesus. The disciples are people so compelled by him that they've given up everything um, just to be close to him and to learn from his teaching about God. Christians today, we could all learn a lot from these disciples, like they've done a lot, right? But Jesus is asking his disciples to do something different. He's telling them to ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Jesus is actually reshaping his disciples' worldview and asking them to look outwards as well as towards him. So the disciples have to look at the crowds and others beyond as an abundant harvest. One day after Jesus has accomplished his mission by dying and rising from the dead, their mission will begin and they're going to be sent out by Jesus himself to gather in the harvest when he says that they have to go and make disciples of all nations. So he's taking the first step On this occasion transforming his disciples into missionaries by appointing 12 apostles. The word word apostle again which we talked about before literally means sent. The apostles' proclamation on this occasion is, is limited for now to letting people know in the neighboring communities that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's a limited mission. But he's sending them out also with two conditions that still apply to us today. One, they are to receive power to perform the same signs that Jesus had done. Uh, Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. But they are to do so, and this is the other condition, freely and generously because, as Jesus says to them, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. So this episode challenges the disciples of Jesus today, in other words us, to enter confidently into the mission to gather in the harvest of people in our time and place. The people who are like the people on 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 that day when Jesus was talking, people today who are also troubled and abandoned, and Jesus offers all people hope and healing, that he can touch lives, especially if we're lost, like sheep without a shepherd, and he's asking us to be part of that mission. Okay, that's our background for this week. So they were focusing on Jesus, the disciples, and he says, "And now look outward, people out there—they're lost and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd." from disciples to missionaries.
1: All right. That's a, a challenging step for many people yep. in the church, mm-hmm. to go from being a disciple to a missionary.
0: Yeah. Or a missionary disciple, as yeah. uh, Pope Francis said, we're no no longer disciples or missionaries, we are missionary disciples. Right, to go out and be in the field hospital mm-hmm.
1: is uh, challenging. And have a few laughs along the way. Have a few laughs along the way. All right, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father in heaven, we are so grateful to to be here today and to be together, and we're so grateful to have a community around us of people who believe in you and love you and give you glory and honor and uh, are seeking to spread the gospel throughout the world in our little community here. And we uh, thank you, Lord, for the beautiful weather today. Thank you for the sunshine. And we thank you for giving us your word, the gospel, which today will feed our hearts and... Um, hopefully inspire a great discussion, allow us to go out into mission, into the world with the message for all people. Uh, We are your humble servants. We ask your Holy Spirit to come and fill us, give us all the grace that we need uh, for this task. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 10, chapter 10, verse 8. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother, John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them, because they were like, they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon from Cana and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus. Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Drive out demons. Without cost you have received. Without cost you are to give. I've got my word. I've got two words. Go ahead. Um... Two words are abandoned and summoned. Hmm. Uh, the reason I was thinking of those two words is because they're kind of op- like opposites. They're mm-hmm. like uh, almost like uh, the opposite thing. Yeah. So when you abandon something, you leave it and you you drop it and leave it behind. And when you summon something, you bring it back from behind into the forefront and you know use it. So it's like they're like the opposites. Um, I was thinking about summoned because. Um, I've I've been thinking recently about my uh conver- not my conversion, but um well you actually asked me this question, Charles. Why do I trust Jesus? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about trust at Unify. The the sub theme is um the journey to trust the journey to trust in Jesus, right? It's um, I call you my friend, the journey to trust in Jesus. So trust has been the theme. We've been talking about trusting in Jesus. And tonight I'm talking or um I guess this will be like yesterday. Um my talk is called um evidence for trust, right? The evidence for trust. And it's about how we know someone is trustworthy and how we know that Jesus is trustworthy. And then you asked me, we want to hear why you trust in Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that in my own, uh, story. Um, I can pinpoint my, the moment when I realized I was being summoned. That's what the, that's hmm. what the word kind of rang with me. Yeah. I felt summoned. I felt there was like a movement in my spirit where I felt like God was saying, like these apostles really no different where he was summoning me like almost like you know come like i don't know he pr- probably to his apostles he's probably like um hey uh, gather everybody up and come over here right that's he summoned them mm-hmm. and that's what it, that's what it felt like to me at that moment I felt like i was being called specifically like he was saying samuel come and come over here mm-hmm. I, I have a mission for you mm-hmm. and um i mean that was not just that day it was like sort of a a period of time, all a very short period of time when I, I realized I was being called. And, um, anyway, I was thinking about that I was also thinking about abandoned, um, like sheep without a shepherd, you know, almost like, you know, if if a shepherd just like leaves his post and goes home or whatever and leaves the sheep out there, they're just at the mercy of wild animals. Um, I was thinking about like, you know, we have animals at home and, um, they need your attention um like pretty much your constant someone's constant attention sure. you you can leave them for a while i mean they're fenced in and things are are normal but like you can't just abandon them they would die or they would get out or they would escape well, and these would...
0: these sheep without a shepherd they're basically being pastured out in kind of semi wilderness areas i believe yeah so they need protection they also need they need help finding good pasture like yeah psalm 23 says the lord is my shepherd you know he leads me to green pastures yeah. well, that's, that's something a shepherd needed to do for the sheep they didn't necessarily find it by no
1: themselves. they were like sheep aren't really that bright well <laughs> they're, they're, i've uh, heard different things from they're sheep. they're not the most uh I don't know. they're they're not maybe intelligent not. among animals they're okay. uh they're very much followers they need a lot of guidance if you know more about sheep than i do
0: which is probably pretty easy you could maybe tell us what you know about sheep anyway it's, i'm just saying they they, yeah, they but they need
1: they need they need guidance right and they They do well with guidance right um they're smart in their own right but they they need protection they're very very uh vulnerable Mm -hmm. animals okay they're not they're not can't really defend themselves they're kind of just hopelessly Mm -hmm. vulnerable so um anyway um i learned something about shepherds the other day i was reading a book um just a little booklet by Catherine doherty oh yeah uh called apostolic farming have you read that one
0: I have not, but I know about it. Captain yeah. Dory founded a movement which is called Madonna House. Yeah,
1: it's here in Ontario. And it's uh, like an apostolate uh, of farming and service to the poor where people can go and actually consecrate themselves to living their, living celibate lives. That means not in relationships. Single, not in relationships. Uh, they live in community. Uh, they they farm, they work, and mm-hmm. then they support the poor. And they pray. Then That's they a big pray. part of, their, they part of their, what yeah. they do. So anyway... Um, but she said, she was talking about her her childhood in Russia. Mm-hmm. This is like between the First and Second World War. So 20s, the 20s or so. And what she remembers of it. And she said that the shepherds, so there were shepherds there that actually went out with the sheep in the wilderness or whatever. Uh, right. Still then. She said that they were like revered. I always thought of, I always thought people looked down on shepherds. Uh, yeah. But she said in Russia, at least when she was growing up, people actually went out to see them for advice. Hmm. Because they they lived, they lived very solitary, very prayerful, interesting uh, existence out in the wilderness with these sheep. and they even the, she said even the young shepherds, right like they were old old guys who were shepherds, but they're also like younger shepherds. She said, everyone considered them to be very wise. I just mm. thought that was kind of cool um, And Jesus is like the like that shepherd. Um, he sees the sheep that had been abandoned and and I was thinking about the people I know that have been abandoned. By by the people around them sometimes, by, yeah. maybe by government or by... you know what
0: I was thinking about as you're talking about people being abandoned, I know people who have been abandoned. We both yes. do. Um, probably all do, is um, whose responsibility is that? like who's who is actually supposed to care when someone is abandoned? And that's the thing that's interesting The church. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd say so. Um,
1: church is supposed to care.
0: We are um one thing i was i my word which actually ties into summoned i I was thinking about the word name the names of the apostles are given because when he summons them the implication as i took it at least is he called them by name so when god calls you he calls you by name Mm -hmm. Um, you go back to the old testament prophets like isaiah jeremiah for instance they're called by name like god calls them by name just as much as god sees people who are abandoned and lost and and cares about them individually. He also calls us, each one of us, actually, when we're ready for it, into the mission of bringing his care into the lives of the people who are abandoned, being being present for them when they when no one else is present for them. Maybe even more than cares, I think, just being present with, uh, being neighbors of, being friends of um, people who are abandoned. Because I, I I was thinking about like the uh, surgical hospital image, is a one thing is the tasks you can do like doctors do to help people with medical treatment which is amazing but really it's about the relationships that build people up and when you're called by name that means you have a a relationship a kind of friendship as Jesus talks about in the passage in our from John chapter 15 where like Jesus says I call you my friends Um, in that relationship we draw close if, if you draw close to him at some point he's going to call you and say hey now it's your turn to go out and just as you've gotten to know me and hopefully others amongst my disciples it's time for you to go out what are you thinking
1: oh i'm just i just remembered something that happened at lunch today it was quite humorous can you know mention why. it No, I can't mention all it. right that's fine <laughs> but um yes being called by name is so important i think um like you said, the when you're in the field hospital and you're around people that are hurting, um, just noticing them and knowing who they are mm-hmm. and recognizing them, like you know, calling them by name, um, it, it it attests to their dignity and their humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas they're, they, you let them know that they're not just a number or just a, oh, yeah, just like a a client. You know what I mean? It's not like cold like that. It's like more like, no, you're you matter. You know.
0: When people have roles to fill. And I have a role to fill in my job as a chaplain. For instance, you have to, you have to, you have to. They're ta- You're task oriented. Let's put it that way. And tasks are important. That's the things actually get done, including things to help people. Mm-hmm. But the other side of thing of life is the people matter. They're called by name, and the tasks, while they're essential, are actually in the long run, maybe even the short run, less important than the relationships, which are, you know, people by name. And even as we were talking with people before we started in it. We're talking about some people now. You're thinking about people by name. I I was thinking about uh, what you said, used a word, which I think goes with someone's name, which is, you said, when I was thinking about my story, everybody has a story. When you know their name, when you really get to know a person, you get to know their story, and God actually wants us to tell him our story, which is interesting. Share our story with him and allow him to kind of come into our story.
1: I just had this conversation with someone today. Yeah? My dad, actually.
0: Mm -hmm. What was the conversation like?
1: Um, well, we were just, we were talking about, um, so we were talking about the joy of the gospel, which is a, an, a, um, an apostolic letter written by Pope Francis, mm-hmm. which really changed my life, uh, in a good way. Um, in it, he talks about accompaniment. Yep. So in the, he talks about evangelizing. So like what Charles and I are trying to do and what this podcast is about, the mission is evangelizing. It's spreading the the good news, the gospel, but how. In practice it's it becomes like it becomes accompaniment which means walking alongside Mm -hmm. a person and we were just uh, the the reason dad and I got talking about it was we were talking about someone that uh, we've been trying to help Mm -hmm. okay but we felt like no one had taken the time to hear the person's story and I was just sharing with dad that something that's really been on my heart I know that's a very (laughs) Christianese thing to say Something that I've been really like almost convicted of lately. I like can, mm-hmm. let's say, the last year. That's another
0: Christian y thing to say, by the way, but it's a, it's good.
1: In the last year. Yes. Okay. How how can I say it? It's not Christian y. That goes. Go. You're a Christian. So, in that. the last year, something yeah. I've really, it's really been on my mind that I yeah. really feel is important mm-hmm. is to start accompaniment by listening. Yeah. By, by, by just, so I, I have like kind of like a policy now where if I start a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like I go out of my way to do it, just someone comes into my life and I feel like I, I really want to accompany this person. Mm-hmm. One of the first things we do is we make time to just tell our story. My, I tell my story, they tell their story. And there's a listening that takes place. Without that, you're just, it's very, I think I used the word clinical before. Or calculating. Calculated. Yeah. Um, impersonal. Uh, there, if, you don't have, mm-hmm. if you don't know the whole, and we were talking about how tell, when telling your story is so helpful. Yeah. Like it's so like freeing, like when you're sharing your story, you're also sorting it out and like figuring it out, you know? Yeah. It can be like a very therapeutic, life-changing event itself. I'd even call it healing. Healing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't happen enough. Yep. And one of the reasons we do unify in Alpha and things like it is because um, if you were just sort of practicing, let's say, the Catholic faith, like many Catholics would, mm-hmm. in a very let's say minimalist way, traditional way, let's say, of just like coming to Mass on Sundays, okay, which is our we feel is our requirement of our faith. Um, just doing that doesn't really give you the a chance to hear the stories of others. So part of it is about just making, giving people opportunities to share their story. I think that you could kind of sum up all of our
0: yeah, uh, it's interesting our work in that you know with this little group of people in Dundalk. I reviewed this uh, little presentation I did which is really based on on this book of a uh, little book by Monsignor James Shea it's called uh, From Christian to New Apostolic Mission so I added one piece at the very end to what everything he said which was the importance of story listening oh good do you yeah. remember that it was actually it was that was that famous painting I stand at the door and knock yeah and it's about Jesus wanting to come in and, and he says I want to come in and sit down with you and eat with you and really I would say that's why I call that story listening because I, I, it was a little bit of jargony thing but yeah. from work. But, but it
1: actually is Storytelling.
0: Story exchanging,
1: versus story listening. story Versus story listening, yeah. Yeah,
0: but, but I actually think it is pretty powerful. And I was thinking about people, for instance, who are very angry with or disagree with the Catholic faith, like these days with a lot of moral issues and so forth. People just think like we're completely out to lunch, and that's okay, we are out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. At least him, I uh, know, uh, we both are. But that's not the point. The point is, even if people think you're out to lunch, if you're willing to listen to them, and, and you, like, I think we have to be genuine about this. Like, whatever the, whatever someone's situation is, to know that someone actually wants to listen to your story, that they care about you enough, they care about you by name, right? Um, I, I do think it's very powerful. I actually think it's healing also of relationships. When people, what, what uh, what's a broken relationship? Is it when people have stopped listening to each other? At some point, that's what's happened, right? So yeah, what's, a, no, you, what's a what's a or maybe you're only storytelling but not story listening, right? But but <laughs> a, 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 in a real like I like what you said, which
1: I hadn't thought about before. Exchanging
0: stories, yeah, telling yeah, each yeah. other stories. It,
1: um, it's I had, I had a recent experience where it really took time to listen to someone's story, yeah, and share my own, yeah, right. First I listened, and mm-hmm. then I and then it was sort of natural to say, well, like, can I tell you some of my story? Yeah, um, it it just it really <laughs> opened up everything, like suddenly we know each other Mm -hmm. like you know and and it's so much more helpful than yeah than if it's a mystery there's there's someone right now that i that i know that i've become friends with or whatever and Mm -hmm. they're on a a faith journey of some sort but i'm i'm almost like upset like it's it's been nagging at me that i haven't sat down with the person i haven't i don't actually know the person's story and it's been bothering me because like who is what is going on in their life? Who so, are what are their needs? Is there something like maybe there's some big crisis that I could be helping with that I'm not or whatever. Something
0: I don't something I think might be helpful to people. And I'd like your opinion on this. Is when Jesus tells us his twelve disciples to start off. It's a stage one of the mission of his disciples. It's going to expand beyond that, right? To, to everybody, um, but. One of the reasons that we're engaged in this mission, the the gospel applied to mission, is mm-hmm. because we are confident that Jesus is present and active when we're on mission. I mean that actually changes things dramatically so that we take things we see things and we know things are happening at a human level, but also at a deeper than human level. That he like when Jesus says he gives his disciples authority and they'll have power to combat evil, to heal and so forth, there'll be signs and miracles. Like he's actually saying he's going to be present when we do that. On we're sent by him, and we're sent. He is sent by the Father. We're sent by him, so he's going to be part of that. I guess I would say specifically through his Holy Spirit.
1: I don't know. What do you think? I'm adding another well, dimension. Yeah, I was thinking about the word the word authority kind of ties in with mm-hmm. that, right? The authority that they have is not their own authority, right? Jesus gives them the authority. Yeah, he's like here, mm-hmm. right? They're actually taking him. They're they're not curing you know they're not casting out demons in the name of Peter yeah they're casting out demons in the name of Jesus right That's right um, it's his authority that, that, that they uh, they go with um, yeah he, he yeah I don't, I don't really know what the question was he goes with us so what I'm saying is everything t- we are talking about is happening at a human level yeah
0: but it's also happening when we're a mission for Christ because you can listen to someone's story and not be a
1: Christian, right? Of course you can, and it's a no, great no, thing. No, no, but something presence, more is happening. His presence and the Holy Spirit working through us mm-hmm. transforms that into something supernatural. It's not just, for instance, you're not just listening to each other's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is there present too, because because you're on you're going with His authority, right? I'm trying to think
0: about what difference if I could help people understand, or maybe you you can help people. We can help people understand what's the tangible difference when you're on mission for Jesus or you're just like, you're just on mission for yourself? I, I think of it. like,
1: I think of like. Um, how can you tell? Like therapy. Okay. Like a, like a secular therapist. Right. Right, which has its uses. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It has Sometimes it's mm-hmm. a big help. Yep. Um, but how is that different than like. So what's the tangible something difference? In the, in, the, in the context of a, of Jesus, a relationship yep. with Christ. The tangible difference. Yeah,
0: how does it feel different? I'm just asking if I could try to reflect and you can as well. Yeah. How does it feel different?
1: I think it feels different because it's, it's like um, there's always hope above mm-hmm. and beyond what's actually going on. Right. Like at the end of the day, the very end, when all said and done, Jesus is victorious. Mm-hmm. And those who are in him are victorious. Okay, Lord of the Rings references
0: come to mind. Yeah. yeah. As we've used them before, which you is know, like okay. We,
1: we can't lose. And that, that whole thing
0: is like... Right. So two things from Lord of the Rings that reflect in, in the author's imagination, what we're talking about in reality, which is that there's, even when things look bad, there's always a sense of being guided. There's, there's, there's Things are happening in a way that's been guided by a power utterly beyond anything, no matter how good or bad on this earth. That's the power of God, essentially, the guidance.
1: Oh, Samwise uh, uses the metaphor of a book, an author in a book, and right. a story. the author in a story. The author knows how it ends right? and is, is guiding the characters in the story. Even if you're reading the story and you're in the middle and it looks mm-hmm. hopeless, mm-hmm. the author knows how it ends.
0: Um, and the other one, Lord of the Rings reference, which maybe is only in the movie, is when they're, I can't remember.
1: No, go uh, ahead. I'll tell you.
0: I'm glad you will, <laughs> is uh, when everything's really dark and, and Sam and Frodo are in, the, in Mordor.
1: Yeah. They're, and they're he's, on the banks of Mount Doom.
0: And he yeah. sees, they see a star, yeah. which is hope. They hope you are Yeah, about.
1: they look up and they see a star and they realize. Is that only in the movie, story? They, they realize that star is still shining, is shining in the Shire as well. And they, right, they, it's like homeland. A, it's a connection. Like all the darkness around us. up there above the clouds. There's still, right. there's still a sky, right? Yeah. And that's when, uh, no, that's in the book as well. It's okay, a little different. It's, it's phrased differently. That's okay. Uh, and, and but the then point Proto is. Frodo has this memory of eating strawberries in the springtime and all right. that stuff. And it, it, like it gives him what he needs to go on. And that's when, that's when Sam always picks him up and carries him. Um,
0: it's
1: a great moment in the movie. I've used it lots of times.
0: So what <laughs> I would say, it occurred to me, You, I think you'll agree with this. Well, I know you will, because it ties into what you were talking about. And we'll, be talking, we'll have talked about yesterday at the Unify Service, which is that um, if, you, if you yourself know, you, Sam, or me, if we know that we've been called by name, In a way that is utterly beyond any human relationship we could have called by Jesus called by name entered into a new relationship with him then we know that whoever we are we have received a new identity like um, the I think it's second Corinthians Paul's letter says we are new creations in Christ which Mm -hmm. sounds very theological but what it really means is that I'm no longer just myself I'm myself with my identity rooted fundamentally in Christ which is why this month of June a lot of people talk about identity 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 but really who we are is when you know him you are grounded and rooted in him and so whoever you are and then I think I just want to say a word of encouragement you may think oh yeah there's that Sam guy there's that you know Charles guy whatever yeah they, these guys have been in this for years and they're like spiritually this or that you might think whatever you want to forget about all that <laughs> because the point is not how special Sam is or me or you or not special you might think you are because jesus is absolutely unique and i i have definitely seen this many times over the years people who give their lives to jesus who answer the summons so that they become rooted in him they can do incredible things not always in the eyes of the world incredible things but they do incredible things they really do so i'm um, that's for you whoever you're watching or listening it's like you can and will do incredible things if you say yes um, to the summons and if you don't know Him yet consider that possibility is being held up for you as well
1: isn't it like the glory of God is is a man fully alive personally a fully alive? person fully alive in yeah Christ. yes
0: yeah uh, Saint Rene's maybe said that. yeah
1: yeah it's a, yeah, a quote from one of the Saints mm-hmm. yeah that uh, the Saints are I mean examples of yeah. that ordinary people that um, were extraordinary because they were a new creation not mm-hmm. because of themselves mm-hmm but because god called them by name and made them apostles and changed their life that can happen for everyone everyone listening yeah is called by name to be a follower to be an apostle
0: i would like to address the next thing i want to say to people who are disciples of jesus or if you know someone who's a disciple of jesus and i think about what we're doing here you know we we I, I think a lot about my own parish where i live here at holy family and other other good catholic parishes what i appreciate about being connected to here at holy family being part of the mission of holy family is that we as a community have sent a number of people out on mission as a community not just individually and i think that makes such a huge difference to the quality of the community we have here because as i was saying in the backgrounder disciples focus on the leader if i was jesus you'd be focusing on me i'm not jesus but anyway they'd be focusing on me but jesus is actually he's looking away at the people far away and he's, he's now telling those who are focusing on him, and now turn and look at them the way I do. So what I, I'm thinking about is that heart of Jesus um, for, full of pity for the people who are lost and abandoned. Uh, I think that's something, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you can pray for. And if you don't, you don't have that, you don't think you have that calling or you don't sense that within you, you're really drawn to Jesus, but you don't have that, heart for others I think that's that's a transformation he wants to bring about and with it goes a lot of joy and I'll probably a lot of jokes sorry but probably true
1: yeah joy and jokes go together oh, I, yeah. I always start my day with some uh, Chuck Norris jokes
0: do you remember any Chuck Norris
1: jokes um yeah Chuck Norris was an American was like a Kung Fu guy yeah, yeah kind of it was more like American martial arts sure really crappy like American kickboxing, martial arts, not like, not like the really cool, like Kung Fu or like this like flipping and stuff. This is just like roundhouse kicks and punches and stuff. So it wasn't really martial arts, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he was Walker, Texas, Texas oh, yeah, Ranger. Yeah, yeah. That was his big show. Like right. famous in the eighties. Sure. Uh, and kind of just like in, in Walker, Texas Ranger, he was like indestructible. He like never get hurt. And he get sh- like, like bullets would be flying everywhere and he'd never get hit or he'd get like a little scratch on his face or like, and then there's all these Chuck Norris jokes about. So, like, one of them is: um, um, after Chuck Norris was born, he drove his mother home from the hospital. That's that's one of them. Uh, when Chuck Norris goes swimming, the sharks get out of the water. Uh, uh, essentially, like
0: that. Essentially, what, what happens to you if you become a follower of Jesus and go on mission for him? You get you all, all these powers. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Anyway,
1: actually. don't fight. The I sharks. do that because it uh, puts a smile on my face at the start. Sure. The kids like it. They're kind of dad jokey. And I'm, I'm into dad jokes.
0: Um, I may have said this before, but apparently... My wife's chagrin. She's not a dad. She's a mom. She's so. not, a,
1: not a fan of my dad jokes. Sometimes she is. Sometimes she humors Does she
0: groan or she just get mad or just like... like? No, she it?
1: just smiles and goes...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I know. It's fine. Uh, so anyway...
1: I love to see her smile.
0: If I was someone who said, ah, I'd I, be saying, ah. I would literally I do
1: anything to make her smile.
0: Another awe for me, which I'm not actually saying, but I would. If I said awe, I would say awe at this yeah. point. I don't do that because it sounds Except weird. I won't me.
1: kill for you, just so you know, if you're watching. What? No, you would if someone's turned against get Oh yeah, joke. yeah. I just mean like, like I wouldn't like. Like you wouldn't become a hitman. I wouldn't. I wouldn't become like her assassin or something.
0: <laughs> Where are we going with this, Sam? <laughs> None of this matters. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? We better quit while we're ahead. Yeah, I, I know a really stupid joke that ends with that as a punchline. Quit while you're ahead. It's about this kid who's like skateboarding, and he keeps driving skateboarding on the road. And every time he skates board, skateboards, he loses a limb—one leg, the other leg, one arm, the other arm. Then even his trunk has gone; it's just a head. But he says, "I'm going to keep skateboarding." He's done. The moral of the story: quit
1: while you're ahead. A head. That's not—not not even a dad joke. That's like a grandpa joke. That was a joke kids told when I was. A, Little in that's school like a, and that's granted. like a, that's like a grandpa joke. Well I'm old enough to be a grandpa. Pretty close to grandpa. Pretty close to grandpa. Yeah,
0: sure. You are old enough to be a grandpa, obviously. Yeah, grandpa. You know All right. Uh, silliness partially to one side. Let me end it in prayer. Sure. Sounds good to me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord in heaven, each one of us is a mystery. And you made each one of us you know us from the, in, from the inside out and your holy spirit knows the depths of our hearts you know our frailty our weakness and we know you know how we have been sometimes some of us lost and abandoned and no one has cared and you also know how each one of us is called by name how jesus your son calls each one of us by name you fill us with your power and your holy spirit because you want us to be close to you and drawn into you and you also uh, once we've come to know you, send us out to the others. So we just pray for hearts that are, are light uh, because they are full of your light and hearts that will lead us to spread your light to all those who are in darkness. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody, and watching.
0: Hey, this was Thursday Night Appetizer. He's Sam, I'm
1: Charles. Yeah. I think we should say at the start. Every Thursday night, 8 p.m., this Sunday's Gospel applied to mission. And... um, hello to all our regular viewers Mark and Dennis and Lou and Lynn and um, Cody Cody and uh, is there anybody missing? Lee? Lee I don't know who Lee is from your neck of the woods yeah Lee oh, is oh okay. yeah, yeah okay I remember Lee uh, or Kate yep yep and uh, to anybody else if we don't know who you are we can't do a shout out for you so uh, we love your comments even the bad ones although we're keeping a tally
0: and I sometimes make up comments just to bug you.
1: Like by some, the way, some of you are really, you know, getting into my bad books with the comments. D- Sam, did you hear what I just said? Though I heard you said I yeah. just make stuff up too. So you have been seeding the uh, yeah you've been seeding the comment pool the comment pool yeah yeah well like when you have hundreds of comments like you know it's good that like so many of them are positive and only like one or two are negative. So. I
0: think we should go now. I think we should quit while lied, we're. I think we've ahead. lied up.
1: <laughs> I think we should quit while we're. Ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right see you next week everybody bye two more weeks of unified don't forget to come check it out online we get we live stream it as well so we'll see Bible you there. study coming after god bless everyone bye